0: It's Around the House. But you need to pay attention and read the warranties because a lifetime warranty in cabinets does not mean that it has warranty for the lifetime of your kitchen. Most of that, a lifetime of cabinetry is 15 years, and there is no warranty after 15 years, even though that piece of paper in your hand across the top says lifetime limited warranty, the limit is 15 that's years.
1: the expected lifetime of the cabinet. And then the other one that I've run into is lifetime warranty for the original homeowner. Mm -hmm. Meaning if you go to sell your house, that warranty might be.
0: When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. This is where we talk everything about your home. Maybe it's construction, maybe it's healthy homes, maybe it's interior design like today. Thanks for joining us. Robin Daly, my friend from Robin Daly, Color and Design, welcome to Around the House.
1: Well, thank you so much for asking me to hang
0: out with you for a little bit. Yeah, this isn't our first time, but it's been a while.
1: It's been a while, but, you know, we still talk all the time, even when we're not on mic. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to do a whole kind of segment here of interior design because there's so much going on right now, and I kind of wanted to start out talking about. Let's talk about your history with interior design and what your path has been so far, so people can get to know you before we start talking about like lead times and some of the stuff that we're seeing out there.
1: Well, so the the long story short is my grandfather was an interior designer before we called it interior design. And he used to come up with the design concepts, but then he was also the contractor that implemented them. Mm-hmm. And he did things. I have a picture on my website, on my bio page <clears throat> of my grandfather in the 1930s, holding this huge drapery sample and displaying it, jury it to his client. So, um, so, so my design DNA goes back a little bit. And then. For 80 years, there was a family business with my name on it called Daly's Paint and Decorating in the greater Seattle area. And we had retail stores as well as a manufacturing uh, component where uh, we made stains and wood finishes. So um, I kind of know the whole DIY component. I work with contractors and homeowners and sadly, we had to put that business to sleep because, you know, life happens. And yeah. I thought, oh. It was time. It was time. It was super sad, really difficult part of my life. But what came out of it has turned out to be a happy ending, which I'm really yes. excited about. And I am I am now a full-service interior designer. And wow. instead of having a staff of 35, 40 people, there's uh, a few of us working together in Robin Daly color and design. And our job is to make people happy. <laughs> like yeah. what is wrong with that?
0: So wait a minute. So you're making more money. You're sleeping better at night and working less hours. That's a win on all fronts.
1: That's a nice way to put it, Eric. That's a really nice way to put it. And yeah, I'm not worried about a bucket of stain being spilled in the back of somebody's fancy car anymore. Not my problem. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the stuff that, you know, you used to be years ago, you were my Pete answer person. When I had questions, I was always popping in. I'd see you at the store a couple of times. I'm like, okay, I got a problem. What do we do with this? And uh, I learned a lot. And that was a lot of fun back then. But you know, my story, I know your story, sometimes simple is so much better.
1: Well, you know, it, it is. And of course, when we, we enter new chapters in our life, everything that's happened before comes into our experience to help our clients and our, you know, our pursuits now. So what you're doing, um, you're bringing your message out to such a large audience is exactly what you did when you were working one-on-one with your people. And so, so, you know, what I do, I take all of that work that I did starting when I was 15 and a half selling wallpaper after school, (laughs) you know, it all comes full circle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, now you're taking on projects right there. You've got clients, you're doing stuff. What are you doing as far as lead times out there? What are people going into the fall now, going into the holidays? I know people are like, am I going to wait two years for a couch? What's, what are you seeing out there? Cause you got your hands in this every day.
1: Um, so we work really hard and on, on managing expectations, right? Mm -hmm. And whether you're buying from a chain furniture company or an independent interior designer, we are all, all dealing with the same supply chain issues. So there's oftentimes not a shortcut. Uh, however, mm-hmm. it is starting to get better. Yeah. Um, luckily, things like uh, um, the trains not going on strike, <sighs> that would have really numbed up things again. We had a uh, hurricane that knocked out, in Texas, we, that knocked out the, f- the foam manufacturing facility. I think it was a, a hurricane or a storm. So, anyway, some pipes well, I think broke. It was, wasn't
0: it, I think it was the uh, ice storm, wasn't it?
1: Right. And so, there's yeah. only two main foam manufacturers in the country that deal with this chemical that makes the foam that goes into the cushions that you sit yourself into. And so, they were offline. And so then there was all this rationing happening and uh, production could be, I had a client wait well over a year for one chair. Well, we're not there yeah. anymore. We're not there anymore. It's still, it's still a little longer than we all like, but it's moving. And so like when I do um, custom window blinds, they are now back down to, normal time periods. I'm also, this is really exciting for me. Mm -hmm. um, I am seeing freight surcharges going down. So, for about a year and a half, we were paying a a freight surcharge for products that were manufactured offshore. They'd be sitting on the boat for months and months and months. And we would be paying you know, hundreds of dollars more just to have something shipped in. Um, and then the other component, th- there were so many moving parts. Sure. Right. And it is really hard to explain to somebody when you're playing whack a mole, okay, lead times are better on sofas. Oh, but it's still taking a month to ship the sofa. Oops.
0: Oh, wait a minute. The finish is backed up because those same chemical plants that make all the, the chemicals that go into paints. Uh, a year ago, I was trying to find enough paint to finish my house on the outside. I had to drive to four stores to find one more gallon of paint.
1: Oh, And think about how much time went into that one task. That one yep. task of just getting one bucket of paint. So for people that are in the trades, like your contractors, your electricians, your plumbers, your interior designers, we were spending an inordinate amount of time chasing down things that Mm -hmm. we didn't used to have to do. So, so that is, it's getting a lot better. And we're also better at, again, that managing expectations and we're getting better at keeping track of yeah. Because we didn't used to have to do that because things just came in. We just expected the flow to work. So yeah. So it's it's getting better and yep. um and and we we are just uh transparent with everybody about what's going on.
0: Yeah. Good point. Good point. Well, I wanted to dive wanted in a little bit into color trends right now, what you're seeing out in the world of color, because As we know, trends change so much faster than they used to. I mean, it always seemed like we were, you know, there was a 60s style, there was that 70s style, and you always kind of had the colors change around it. But, you know, my theory has always been, well, that's because it would take you a year to get a project done, another couple months to photograph it, and six months later it shows up in the magazine, where now you can have a client sharing your meeting with Instagram and now that colors up and a hundred, 200 people are seeing it. So the, 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 process has changed as far as getting new styles out there.
1: That's right. And I think that there's a couple things that, um, happen with that. One is we get fatigued faster when we're seeing mm-hmm. trends. But the other thing is, um, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that we're all kind of, you know, all boats rise. So if, if we're able to share good design to everybody on platforms like TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. whatever it is, however you're sharing your information, then, then it does filter down through to homeowners quicker too, right? So, yeah. so good yeah. design can be for everybody. Trend-wise... There, you know, like color is a really fun one because color affects us in everything, right? Whether it's the color shirt you're wearing, the color you paint your walls, or the color that you're um, buying your car, right? Yeah. Like, did you, have you noticed the new kind of matte, kind of flat paint?
0: Oh, there's that flat blue silver that's out there that's everywhere, right? Every car has that.
1: Or, or the cars no longer have a metallic finish, right? They they just look like yep. like wall paint to me. Um, yeah,
0: they're a flat yeah. pearl kind of yeah. to them.
1: Right, right. So, so that's another thing about trends is it's um, it it's multidimensional, right? So it could be mm-hmm. a color, but it can also be how that color is used. Whether we're bringing in iridescence or handwoven textiles and things like that. I just was looking at. Sherwin-Williams uh, 2023 color trends. Yep. And um, things are shifting uh, from cool grays, which we have seen for a solid Ever. decade. Easy. And we were talking about, please, please let this die five years ago. Like, yes. Like, like in, the, in, in the industry, we're like, Ugh.
0: Well, you know, it's one thing, Robin, too, that just to stop, jump in there real quick. I used to say that when the color showed up in Target, it was almost dead. Not
1: that case anymore. Well, and part of that is because we now shop high-low. So we'll go to Target to buy cool, trendy things. And we'll go uh, to another place to maybe buy some investment furniture. So you're mixing the high and the low. Mm-hmm. So and and Target has done an amazing job of being on trend. To sure. What I'm like super excited about and this may be because I'm a kid of the 70s but I I am oh my gosh I am loving this whole 70s disco vibe. I don't know if you've noticed it but Oh, I love crazy, it. Oh, there's these like rich rich deep velvet colors and burgundies and spicy tones and bronze metal finishes. It's like a, it's a thing. It's a thing. And I think people thing. are ready for it. You know, we've had, we've had white walls for a very long time also. And so mm-hmm. people are, um, people are interested in warmth and texture and depth. And the, the other thing that I think is uh, the, the trick right now, if you've purchased a home, like a new build, a flip or a remodel that's happened in the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of gray and that gray might be in your cabinets or in your floor. And you can't really afford to rip everything out and start all over again. So how do you, um, upgrade it and bring life into this place that is very tonal and neutral? Yeah. Right, so I've been giving a lot of thought to that, and and one of the one of my tricks is to bring in natural elements like baskets mm-hmm. or uh, warm woods that kind of create a, a a contrast to all the gray tones. So there's ways that you can that you can elevate and upgrade your gray tones without feeling like you have to get rid of everything.
0: That's not a demo thing. thing. Like,
1: the other thing that's super cool. Is um, the neutrals have that we're like using on wall paints and things like that? They're warming up, so we're seeing a lot more taupey kind of wheat colors and beige. Beige, we have not seen beige. That was like we were allergic to beige for so long. So, right, so yeah, right? that, that's what's happening out there in the world. And I, I, I jumped onto Benjamin Moore's website. And they're not announcing their colors, color of the year for another month. So, okay. so we could spend some time speculating what it will be. Um, everybody's been playing with green, like mossy yeah. greens lately. So it'll be interesting to see what Benny Moore does. Cause people yeah, talk about be interesting. it.
0: Oh, this is my favorite time of year looking to see, you know, what Pantone does, what Benjamin Moore does, what Sherwin Williams does. I like going down the list just to see what everybody's doing because it's it's interesting. Color is such a big thing in what we do. And people always ask me, Eric, why are you always wearing black? It's because I have all these color tattoos that I like to, to make pop. And if I've got a red shirt, you lose the red in the arm, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's why you always see me wearing black shirts just because, well, it's kind of rock and roll. And second of all, I like to make the color on my arms change, you know, and, and do what I want with that.
1: My, my daughter was looking at all my uh, recent portfolio pictures and she's like, mom, why is everything always so blue? Why do you have so much blue? And, um, our clients, we live on the coast and I think that has a a great, um, you know, the water and the air and everything. There's so much blue surrounding us. And I think it feels really good as a contrast, to all the green that we live with too. So I thought that was really an interesting observation. I think blue is also, it's very trustworthy. It's very comfortable to live with and it feels good. Yeah. Like Navy, rich Navy, who doesn't love that? Yeah.
0: What's funny is this blue is such an interesting color when you look at it in the history of blue. Because just a little tweak, you can change the style of the decade that it was in by just a little bit of a move on it.
1: Yeah, so I have um, some shelving that I got at salvage, and they were 1950s plywood, and I painted them a peacock blue that I had custom created, and um, it's a great, it's a great color for like everybody. It works with cool tones, and it works with warm tones. It's this really interesting tone that bridges so beautifully. So navies play against it, white plays against it, gray plays against it. It looks great, charcoal. Yeah.
0: yeah, it looks good. Looks good. You
1: know, it's interesting.
0: It's. I wanted to talk too about something that I that I think is so timeless, and it's those natural finishes. You know that you see out there. You know, maybe it's a a a light white oak or something like that, or that even getting into the walnuts and stuff like that. That stuff really never goes out of style. So you can buy furniture that's other than red oak that's gonna sit there and look timeless and people are gonna go, oh that's beautiful 25 years
1: from now so here's a here's a little secret if you want furniture immediately and you don't want to wait go buy vintage good point and and when you mix some of the old with the new again you've got a timeless look and you're not You're not trendy, which means you won't be dated, which means you won't be outdated. Correct. And so another design trend right now is we call it brown furniture. Brown furniture is coming back. Yep. So, um, and cerused oak looks beautiful. Cerused oak is like uh, an oak that maybe you do a whitewash finish, Mm -hmm. then the whitewash settles into the green of the oak. And walnut is, uh, I've done walnut in a natural walnut, and I've also done it in a whitewashed walnut, which is kind oh, cool. of a trick oh, cool. to play with walnut. So, yeah, you can play with, with wood tones, and you, you, can, you can mix wood tones. So, you might think about, um, do the, are these colors good friends with each other? There you go. go. That's a really easy way to kind of analyze it. Are they good friends, or are they kind of eh, frenemies?
0: Exactly. One thing I learned back in the nineties, two thousands, when I was doing cabinetry, when they first started doing that whitewash, right. Red Oak is horrible to whitewash because it loves to go pink, it right? Pink.
1: Oh yeah. It, it, yeah. The, the, the golden girls look.
0: Yes. Yep. Absolutely. When I see that color and it goes pink, I think of my dusty blue roosters or something like that from back then. But that's back in the the 80s, 90s and 2000 stuff that was the early oh, stuff, but
1: all but, the pastels. Oh my oh gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is really funny. So like the millennial kind of look, you know, with the the faded rose. It's it's the modern day version of the pastels from decades before. So We don't really repeat, but we echo new design trends Mm -hmm. often echo things from the past. Well, it's like like how the golds
0: came back. You know, I was still scarred from the 80s, 90s golds. And then 10 years ago, yeah, and the brass, they came back again, but they they had a different texture to them. They were brushed. They were doing something different, but it wasn't that bright brass
1: that,
0: that looked like every $10 doorknob in a spec home.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Like plastic with a brass finish on it.
0: Yeah. So that's the fun part. And it was really hard for me when that trend was coming around because I so had been against that. When it came back, it took me six months to actually be able to accept it. I was shocked at how hard I fought that one.
1: I completely agree. But you know what's freeing about it is like now it's a tool in our toolbox. Mm -hmm. So... We can use brass. We can use bronze, which is one, not the oil rubbed bronze, but like a natural bronze. We can use black. We can use brushed nickel. Like now it doesn't all have to be one look. Yeah,
0: absolutely. One thing I'd love to see come back since the seventies are trying to kind of slide back in. And you might've seen on Facebook, my seventies bar I picked up that was vintage.
1: I love it. Wasn't that, that pretty darn
0: yeah. yeah. But I'm waiting for the 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 70s bronzes to come back. Oh, you know back. that brown bronze. Smoked
1: mirror. Smoked mirror. Yep. Yeah. It's 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 back. If you look at the most recent CB2 catalogs or the website, yeah. uh which is part of Great and Barrel, it's their mm-hmm. more contemporary, it's all there. Yeah. It's all there. And and these like rounded forms. So things are kind of anthropomorphic or handcrafted looking mixed with the disco edge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great example. I was back, you know, with the different tones. Now I was back at, um, sheesh less than a month ago. I was back at uh, Delta Breezo faucets hanging out back there with my friends over there. And we were taking a look at the colors they have. Now they've got that matte white finish out there in the kitchen faucets and they've got other colors coming with that. And it's fun to see. It's like cars, right? You know, we've all had white faucets at some point in our lives, but we never had a matte white faucet.
1: That's right. Oh, that's and so You're seeing that texture. And the other thing that I think we're seeing is a mix of finishes. So if you did your whole kitchen, black faucet, black handles, black appliances, maybe that's almost too much unless mm-hmm. there were, or, um, or you might have a black faucet with a gold um, hardware touch. Or yep. so there's a there's an intermixing which allows you to kind of broaden the look too.
0: That's what I did in my kitchen. You know, I've got that Waterstone faucets. So that's the black and the brushed brushed brass look to it. And then I have black appliances in the black stainless. And then I have gold handles that match the faucet. You know, and so
1: So
0: you can do both of those. It
1: adds more depth. And I think it also keeps it from looking like a flip house. Yes.
0: But there is a point where you have too many colors in there that you have to be careful with, with metals. Because if I would have put stainless steel appliances in it, I would have ruined that look.
1: So one thing that I sometimes point out to people is, like, if you have a stainless steel refrigerator you have a six foot rectangle of gray, just thudding, just like right there in your room. So is that okay? Is that what you want? And if it is, then great. But just think about what you're doing.
0: Can I, I, let me tell you a little trick that I've seen people use and I know somebody that just did this and it was kind of a, I won't take full credit for it. They came and had, you know how you can wrap cars with vinyl? They wrapped their refrigerator and their appliances, not the cooking appliance because that gets a little warm, but they took the dishwasher and the refrigerator and wrapped it in color so they had something it still functioned the same way and down the road if they want to, they can get a hair dryer out and peel that off and clean it up and change the
1: color again. So I have a question for you, Eric. Yes. I've heard about this. I have not done it. When you're refurbishing an existing kitchen, Mm -hmm. you're not changing the layout. I've heard of people wrapping the cabinets.
0: I would not. I would not do that on the cabinets just because typically wood moves. And I think that where you've got wood moving in contrasting directions You've got a style on a rail moving other ways. I think that you're going to release that vinyl in time and it's going to come around, you know, usually metal expands and contracts kind of evenly when it's wrapped with the car. But as soon as you start putting something that's moving one way and then as soon as you get to the corner, it's moving the other way. I think think you're going to get wrinkles. I mean, think about how the thermofoils lasted with the plastic covered white You know, Mm, I remember those that was over those that stuff didn't last long because even the MDF that was behind it, that was one piece, expands and contracts enough that it that that vinyl that was literally glued on came loose. And so, something that is not going to work,
1: yeah, the the adhesive got brittle.
0: What happened was, and this is what I noticed we didn't have the early batches of that in cabinets because you know, I've got what, 29 years of cabinets, the early batches did not. But as soon as they went to the waterborne, the waterborne finishes, as far as the waterborne, this was basically a contact cement that they were using. So that waterborne contact cement broke down and got dusty, basically. And it came up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I four like yeah. sheets off the MDF. Yeah,
0: it just comes right off. And so you've got that. And then, of course, you had this vinyl that was fairly inexpensive vinyl, and you had fluorescent lights or lights coming in from UV that was yellowing it and making that brittle or drying that out. And so, if you got 10 years out of it, that's awesome. There was a house, and CraftMade ran into this, and CraftMade did a really good job of handling it with people. But I remember one of the, per, not a pray to home, it was one of the uh, flip this house extreme. No, actually, what it was the move this bus is what it was. It was that uh, extreme home makeover. They had a whole house to replace all the doors in under warranty because that had happened. They had all started to peel up. And it wasn't so much, I don't think they were even making the doors. There was another company that was big out there that was making the doors. So it wasn't really on craft made of it, but they got stuck carrying it because it was their warranty.
1: Wow. You know, it's nice. So that is something too, I think is worthy of a discussion, which is uh, trustworthy vendors and suppliers, companies that will stand behind their products, right? Sometimes we lose sight of that when we're trying to do a project and we're trying to really manage our budget but it is so much cheaper to buy it once and buy it right.
0: Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. If you're enjoying the Around the House show, make sure you hit that subscribe button on the podcast player you're listening to right now. To find out more about Around the House show, head to aroundthehouseonline.com. And of course, thanks for listening to Around the House. You know? One th- yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And one mm-hmm. thing I I'm want people cool. to do when you're out buying kitchen cabinets when you're buying from a large manufacturer. And I like buying from large manufacturers because typically they're around and you can order a door two years later and it'll show up at the right color, but you need to pay attention and read the warranties because a lifetime warranty in cabinets does not mean that as has warranty for the lifetime of your kitchen. Most of that, a lifetime of cabinetry is 15 years. And there is no warranty after 15 years even though that piece of paper in your hand across the top says lifetime limited warranty, because the limit the is 15 years.
1: lifetime of the cabinet. And then the other one that I've run into is lifetime warranty for the original homeowner. Meaning mm-hmm. if you go to sell your house, that warranty might be void. Now, yep. how many of us really run into that? It's usually within the first couple of years that you may have problems. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think about that a lot when I'm s- sourcing and specifying for clients. Uh, is this a two-year sofa mm-hmm. that's just, you know, held together with glue and some dowels? Or is yeah. this, you know, staples? And, or is this like a, a sofa that's really going to withstand living on it and having the dogs on it and the kids on it, launching themselves off as their superheroes and- watching movies and taking naps and all of all of the things that mm-hmm. we do uh, in our, the normal course of our life.
0: Yeah. We're getting ready to see in the next few years, it's already happening now. We're getting ready to see this big problem in the cabinet world out there because there's been millions of cabinets sold out there that were the knockdown ones coming from overseas that they built their own hinges for and their own drawer glides for. But you can't go get a Bloom or Salici or anything like that to fit. So there's all these new construction homes, flip homes, that if they had bought a cabinet that had like a Bloom hardware in it, you've got a lifetime warranty on it. Ten years from now, I can go get a piece and bolt it right in, and it's simple. Now you're going to have people coming out there, rebuilding probably drawer boxes, re hinges on cabinets, trying to make things work because – these oh, were and just it's so hard. Oh. I
1: have yeah. I have tried, I have experienced somebody retrofitting drawers. It is not easy. It is not like oh, I'll just pull out the oh. the tools and just zip, zip, you know, trade one glide up for another. It is not like that. It's really challenging.
0: That drawer on some of these drawer glides have to be within a sixteenth of an inch depending on the glide you're using.
1: Oh, because yeah, think about that. And especially um, either if it's on the side of the drawer, you only have Mm -hmm. so much clearance or if it's underneath the drawer, you only have so much clearance. Oh, oh. And you have to get your butt inside the cabinet box (laughs) to get in there and screw it in.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's, it's tough. And, and some cabinets, they go into the side of the box. Sometimes they go into the back because the sides are only three-eighths particle board, so you can't put a fastener in there. So it's really depending on the cabinet. So it's not an easy project. And you basically have to get a woodworker in there to sit there and build new dovetail drawer boxes. Um, I've never seen anybody go out and successfully really order the undermount soft coat glides to retrofit just because there's not much space to do it in.
1: I, that's, a, that's a good one, Eric. Oh, my goodness.
0: So that's- Well, that's then they the just have to, hire,
1: they have to hire a designer to redesign the kitchen. And so here's, here's another thing that happens. Um, when I go on a design consultation, they usually last about two hours. We walk through their home mm-hmm. and we start spitballing ideas. I'm freely giving, you know, feedback. But we talk about something called micro irritants. Micro irritants are things that kind of drive you nuts, but you live with them anyway. And drawer drawers that close without the soft clothes could be a micro irritant. Or yeah. tile grout, if you've got a tile countertop or you know, or anything like that that you have to get in with the toothbrush and you're cleaning mm-hmm. it out and it's just disgusting. Right. And they start right. adding up. So, if you have a builder kitchen or import cabinet kitchen, there's probably a lot of micro irritants there, too. They're, and, they're and so you have the opportunity to actually create storage for cookie sheets and create storage for the Instant Pot and all of these tools that we that we use uh, in our kitchens that don't have a.
0: Yeah, there's so many things that happen. And I want to give people a peek inside of what some of these projects look like. For instance, in Bellevue, I did all the cabinets for the Lincoln Square project, the first Lincoln Square tower there. And so I sold every one of the cabinets in that building. And first off, we had lazy Susans in the corners when we started out. That's how it was, you know, we were using every piece in there. We had drawer banks, everything else. By the time we actually went to ordering cabinets, we avoided the corners. There was no cabinet in the corner. We had corner fillers. We wrote them off because it wasn't, it's, they saved 700 bucks per cabinet. So if you had two lazy Susans, there's 1400 bucks they saved on two cabinets. And then we got, we had one bank. Yeah, no storage. You, your
1: functionality just went down. Right. So in a, in, right. If you're in your home, you get to think about all those things and not have somebody else make up a value decision for you like that.
0: Yeah. And that's what happens when I think that I get, that people get in trouble with when they go, oh, I'm going to reface this and put new countertops on. Generally, by the time you pay somebody to come in there and basically fillet and, and do brain surgery and take the countertops off, paint, refinish, whatever, you probably could have put new cabinets in and designed it for today's use, not what somebody thought 30 years ago.
1: It's always fun, isn't it?
0: Yeah. (laughs) So what are you seeing out there when it comes to furniture? Because I know you've been traveling and you get to go see all the cool stuff.
1: So I kind of did a fun thing this year and I did a little bit of a deep dive. I go to this place called High Point, North Carolina every year. And they have over a million square feet of showrooms of furniture. Now, a million square feet, that's like six square blocks of multi-story buildings of showrooms. So it's impossible, of course, to see everything, but um, there are people from all over the globe that come to this show. And so I am meeting with furniture designers. I am talking to the business owners. I'm working directly with the people that make the furniture wow. and i am sitting in everything because there's there's good better best just Always. like there is in tools or anything else right exactly and uh we get to make decisions on all kinds of factors but my clients sometimes might want a good versus a better versus a best or you know they want the best 100% custom price is no issue Oh boy, that is super duper fun too. So, uh, but I do the research and we, we find out what's going on, what the trends are, all of that. But I also went this year and researched custom furniture makers in LA. Nice. Because uh, I, I have at, as a resource, a furniture maker that can make me chairs and sofas and sectionals, any specification I want, I can design it to fit exactly within your space to your specifications for no more money. See? And we can pick our fabric. Oh, how about this? I just got this sample, uh, this week. This is uh, it's a wow. digitally printed fabric. And we can can custom design our pattern. We can print it on linen, on silk, on cotton. We can make draperies. We can make bedding. We can upholster chairs with it. So imagine, let's say you have a really luxurious Airbnb. Mm -hmm. You could integrate your Airbnb logo into the drapery fabric. Wow! Or I was thinking about that for some clients doing some custom draperies and putting their name into the design of the fabric, like nobody else would know it's there.
0: How they really? How
1: cool would that be to have you know around the house with Eric G logo <laughs> on on curtains for the garage? Like, See? would that be the coolest thing ever?
0: It would be. And and then there's always that stuff that you see, that I see, that vintage piece. You're like, oh, I wish they made this fabric or I wish they made this upholstery. It's not there anymore. That company is long gone. Well,
1: I had this experience just this week. A builder that I do work with sent me a picture of some wallpaper from the early 1970s. And it was scooby-doo groovy. It was hot pink, lime green super graphic, and it had sentimental value to the client. So I searched vintage wallpaper sites. I looked at wallpaper for that is like a vintage styling wallpaper, mm-hmm. but contemporary paper. And we could kind of find something in the, the realm, but it yeah. wasn't the game. Then I figured out we could custom print that wallpaper. And done. again, at the same cost or less than buying the vintage stock. So this customer is going to be able to reproduce their wallpaper in today's wall covering. Like So it'll be durable, digitally printed, the colors will be perfect, done and done.
0: And it's fresh. It's not faded. It's not, yeah, it's theirs. Wow. That's amazing. And, you know, one thing I've noticed, and I want to go back to this because we kind of skipped over it a little bit, with quality. I have a very high-quality couch, and I didn't – I've had some nice stuff in the past, not this nice. But the level of durability, even in the leather, is so different than if I would have bought a brand that was mid-grade.
1: A lot of times what happens is, um, the less expensive furniture will look really pretty. So it looks just like the more expensive counterpart. They may even use the same cover fabric, Mm -hmm. but it's the guts underneath. It's the way the cushions maybe have springs in them, or they have down wrapping instead of just polyfill, or they have this. Um, synthetic down, or there's all kinds of different options. So there, there's a difference from sitting in a sofa where it like holds your body and it's supporting you mm-hmm. to planning yourself on a sofa and either sinking six inches down and getting a backache when you're Netflixing Netflixing, whatever, watching a yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like your body gets tired. I don't know if you've yeah. had that happen. Oh, yeah.
0: Why, is, why are my knees touching my beard in this chair well, right now? Why, why
1: is, does this feel like as hard as a piece of plywood? That's yeah. the other one. So, um, so for you to have the experience of like really nice furniture, I am really sad to tell you this, Eric, but you'll never go back. You're spoiled. Nope.
0: I know. It's like heated seats in a car. Once you get that, oh. <laughs> you're, you're done. You're done. Yeah, yeah, it's that. Oh, so
1: interesting tip. So this is really fun. Um, my husband bought a used car, and it had fabric upholstery. Mm-hmm. We paid aftermarket to put all leather in, and it was like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So, so you can do that in your car. So, I mean, I know that has nothing to do with that. No, but style. it's still cool. Cool. Right? You can customize it. Yeah. yeah. And it was good quality leather. So. See. Um, yeah. So, so quality is oftentimes not visible to the outer eye.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's true. And you're right. I ruined myself with that, you know? And, and, and I did this to myself in my shower, you know, I designed that custom steam shower. Now, when I go on these trips where I'm getting spoiled at hotels, four five-star hotels, and I'm still taking a shower going, it's not as nice as home. And I'm like, I used to enjoy that going to these hotels and going, Oh, this is such a beautiful spa experience. But
1: now and you it's have it for yourself every day, right? So you've yeah. created that specialness for yourself all the time.
0: Yeah, which is awesome. But now when I travel, it's I'm thinking, man, I just can't wait to get home to use my stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that's great!
0: It's hilarious. It's yeah.
1: Hilarious. Well, that gets back to micro irritants too, right? Yep. So now the hotel becomes the micro irritant rather than your home becoming yeah. micro irritant. And if, if you really want to notice in your house what's bothering you, then what you do is you physically go outside, make sure you don't lock the door, shut the door, and then walk in as if you're a stranger and you've never seen your house before and start looking at the entry. Where do I put my handbag? Where do I put my keys? Do I kick my shoes off? Oh, there's a pile over there. Oh, wow. My junk mail, right? That's just entry. Where do my coats go? Ugh, it's rainy. What's, so, that
0: well, what's that <laughs> smell? What's that smell? Why am I
1: tracking mud in? Yep. And so if you do the same kind of analysis as you walk through your house, you'll notice things that a little bit bug you. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good indication of things that you can improve on your own, too.
0: Great point. Great DIY projects. <laughs> yeah. You can go, wow, I never yep, finished that little project or Time. whatever.
1: Okay. That one right there, Eric, how many of us are really good at starting things, but not so good on the the ending things? Oh, raise your hand.
0: Yep. My hands up. I did a show here last month. that was the top 10 reasons why you don't finish projects.
1: And what was the number one reason? A lot of it was planning. Yeah.
0: That was one of them. You gas out or you didn't get the right amount of materials and you're waiting for them or you right. get stuck and don't know how to finish it, you're like, oh, I got it this far, but I don't know what I do now.
1: Right, right. You get stuck. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so true. And so the other thing that happens when we live in an environment where things aren't finished, it's unsettling. Yep. And sometimes you don't realize how unsettled you feel till you get something cleared up. And then you're, you're, you have this weight that comes off of you and you feel better and you feel more relaxed. So we all deserve that in our home.
0: My trouble at my house is because of TV shoot schedules. Now I'm like, Oh, but I want to shoot that. So I don't want to do that right now because that's content. So my wonderful wife has to put up with that.
1: I hope at least for your wonderful wife's sake, that there is some place in the house that feels buttoned up. Because yeah. you need some place.
0: Kitchen and master bath is, master bath is 99.9%. I have one little thing to do in there that's going to get done this weekend. But that's, that's it. It's, it's 99.9%. Unless you looked around and went, oh, I could put a piece of blue tape on that. It's done. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, then don't put the blue tape on. Exactly. but a
0: little detail. Want get, just something I want that
1: to share. So the term character covers a myriad of sins and it just is character. <laughs>
0: exactly exactly well that's the fun part you know it's in the in that's the problem with my you know speaking personally is that the other thing is is that i got it tv ready so i wrapped it up but it still needs a couple more hours and sometimes cool we we wrapped it up on tv now i gotta go shoot the next one and for me i have to really circle back yeah
1: yeah well, okay, so you're uniquely you have a unique thing, but I yes. think human nature human nature also comes into play for all of us, and mm-hmm. finishing is really hard and very satisfying yeah. so i have um I have an image i'll I'll get it up on my website. It's a sofa before styling and a sofa after styling. Ooh. it sounds really simple, but it's like night and day difference between bland city and come snuggle in here. And, and some of us just don't take it across the finish line. We get the sofa in, but we don't judge it. We don't style it. And that little extra investment is what makes, makes it.
0: Nice. So I got one question for you that I want to dive in before we wrap up, but it's a detailed one. What are for our listeners out there? What are the most common design mistakes that homeowners make within their house? <laughs> um, <laughs> I just made this a three-hour show. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, well, using cool design elements inappropriately is yeah. one that I see, and and that can be um, using five barn doors in one house in the city because barn doors are cool. Well, they are cool and they were designed for real specific reasons and they can add depth and texture, but repeating it too many times makes it not cool. Yep. And also they're not good for bathrooms. Okay. Can we just talk <sighs> about privacy and noise barriers? So they are not that, um, so that would be a common design mistake, and then another one is um, fear. Fear keeps us from making changes. Uh, so um, we're we're afraid to pull the trigger because it feels like such a big commitment, and it's scary. So so sometimes working working with a, a designer or a consultant. Um, a contractor that has a really good eye, anybody that's professional can help you get past that pulling the trigger mm-hmm. feeling. Um, when I, when I have people like give me the, um, the hug and the cry, like, you know, when we're, when we yep. finish a project and I get the tears and oh, mm-hmm. like, like that's the best feeling in the world. Yes. But, but, but they have to trust me to let them, to give them the permission to do the things. So so that would be a mistake. And then the other one is the other mistake is we keep filling our homes with little tiny things to fix the problem rather than addressing the problem that's causing it. So there you go. If I just put another picture up on the wall, then you know that maybe that'll make the room feel better. But really, what we have to do is open up the wall itself. Yep. Or do you know what I'm saying? I do. So, I do. Uh, so we we try little solutions to a big problem, and little band-aids. it does it better. Band aids. Band aids.
0: Yeah. The most frustrating for me is the client that you go through the process. And you've now picked out the colors for the room. Everything's dialed in and that phone call two days later because they went and asked their friend and now they have these ideas that aren't going to work that are going to look horrible and they were on such the right track and they've got a friend or family member that is sending them down the wrong rabbit hole.
1: Okay. Here's the deal. The decision makers are the ones that have to be there during the process. Yep. And They, If the friend comes in in the middle of it and they fancy themselves to have a knack and they give an opinion, they torpedoed everything. Yeah. Because they weren't there to understand what the pain points were, what the process was, how you got there, what the entire uh, vision is or what we call design intent. Mm -hmm. So if they don't know what the whole intention was, that one opinion, it's like a domino effect, and it starts uh, a, a series of changes that 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 ruin it. So, and
0: and it's very expensive because now you're starting that process over, and you're paying your designer to redesign the space again. I had a client that I did her first house, turned out beautiful. She sold the house after she was done, bought another one. And it was one of my last design clients. And I said, no, we're not doing a flat fee. This is hourly. Cause I knew in my head what this dance was going to be. And I went back and looked at it and she paid almost four times what she would have normally paid if she would have left her seven friends out of it. And we ended up getting there the hard way.
1: Well, and here's something that's really interesting about that because, um, uh, uh, your clients might think, well, you got paid four times as much. You should be happy. No, actually we want to do it once, do it right. Also, we don't want to squeeze people for money. We want to find the right solution. It doesn't make us feel good. Either.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. I, I, I would have much rather made Seventy-five percent less of that, so I could get there from point A to point B. Because you go, oh, this is done. It's beautiful, great. It's a win.
1: Yes. I don't want to have to go back and
0: take three stabs at it.
1: Right, because by that time we're all skidding across the finish line, beaten up, hair a mess. Where it could have, we could have glided across, clinked our wine glasses, and you know, just been like, ha ha ha, happily ever after. Yeah, never done. Yeah, so that's where your friends
0: it. can that's cost true. you the most money on a project is that.
1: That's right. Oh, wow. Your friends can cost you money. I love it. I think that's worthy of a long
0: <laughs> There you go. It's, it's so true. And it's, it's so many times that, you know, I, I, I would, we'd come to the conclusion, I'd get done and I'd just sit there and it was almost like waiting for the door to slam going, oh no, it's coming back around. I know it. And I can set my clock to it.
1: You could set your clock to it. Yeah. And you, and you know, what they don't understand is that you're mentally budgeting extra energy to help navigate that.
0: It's labor. No matter how you look at it, it's labor. And so if you're going to make the labor four times because of, you know, not trusting, being indecisive, trying to bring friends into it that don't know any better than anybody else, that's where it gets interesting. And I feel bad for people that do that because it's, they're, they're putting themselves through four times the pain as well.
1: I, I have that very rarely, um, that experience. I, I do think, though, it takes time to establish trust. So it's interesting that she didn't trust you after the experience the first time, right? And yeah. I think that also reflects on her own discomfort. Um, with the process, not with, with the, the, the design you were offering up. Right.
0: And what was crazy was is on that project, just to, to just wrap up that horror story is we would have the design done. I'd come out for working on other rooms and I'd come in and they're installing a floor that was nothing like we had agreed on. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Well, we decided at the last minute. And I'm just like, I had to just let it go and go, I'm not photographing this. I'm not doing it. I just, okay. No,
1: And then you can't, you can't even say, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's ugly. Um, Yeah. I
0: I, I was pretty brutal. I'd go, well, that's not what I would have done. And that's how honest I was. I just let it go. Didn't say it was good or bad. That's not what I would have done, which is very honest.
1: That's not, my goal is always to get the happy tears.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's the win. If I don't get a
1: hug, then, then I've done something wrong.
0: Yeah. 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 And sometimes it's just, okay. you just got to get across the finish line. So
1: that's okay. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: So Robin, we got to wrap up with time here. We have dove into so many little subjects here, which I absolutely love. How do people track you down if they want to bring you on to their home and to work with you?
1: Well, Eric, it was a blast. And I do do uh, remote consultations as well as working in person in Western Washington from Blaine down to Seattle. And they can find me at robindailycolor.com r-o-b-i-n-d-a-l-y color.com and I'm on Instagram you can find me on Facebook and you can chase me down through the internet
0: you go absolutely either way well thanks for coming on today
1: I had a blast thank you so much Eric
0: can't wait to do it again I'm Eric G and you've been listening to Around the House
1: Somewhere unseen and undiscovered Anywhere beyond the mean Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio